Welcome to Technado. Welcome to another episode of Technado. I am one of your many hosts for today, Sophie Goodwin. Before we get started, I just want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of Technado, ACI Learning, the folks behind IT Pro. You can use the promo code Technado30 for a discount on your IT Pro membership. Now, we have a special guest today, so I'm going to start by introducing him, because you guys know Don and Daniel. We can get to that later. But sitting to my left is Justin Dennison. If you are a longtime IT Pro viewer, you might recognize him. Justin, how are you? I, I'm doing fairly well. Uh, you know, the handcuffs and the, 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 the sack <laughs> over my head to get me here. Um, I, I guess I'll overlook it this time. We've got shackles under the desk. You just yeah. can't see him. Yeah. He's, he's stuck here. Justin is here all week uh, recording some stuff with Daniel during our day job. So we're very excited to have him back here. It's my first time meeting him officially in the office because uh, you were here quite some time ago working for IT Pro, right? Yeah, I was here for a while and then I, I disappeared and now I'm back. And, uh, you know, I, I feel a little bit like a chameleon. I feel like every time I show up to the office, I look a little bit different. Uh, so <laughs> next time I'm going to have a giant handlebar mustache or giant lamb chops. So yeah. We'll see how that goes. That works. That yeah. works. We'll, we'll wait with bated breath for that moment. Oh. And then, like I said, you know, we've got Don here. Hi, Don. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I get. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Justin's been gone a while, but what's important is he's 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 done his time. He's rehabilitated. He's ready to be part of society again. And uh, we're glad to have him back. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Don, Don loves charity work. And then, of course, down at the other end of the table, we have Mr. Daniel Lowry. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm over here thinking Justin may be in like a witness relocation program. Or... <laughs> so, I just want to see the Abe Lincoln beard next time. So I'm either a kidnap victim, <laughs> I am on work release from the local prison, uh, or I have like maybe a, a, a like I've like part of the mob. Yeah, maybe like, you're all three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, I'm like ah, Justin is a man of mystery. But yeah. the reality is, abducted by aliens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't see it coming, Don. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> well, something tells me that uh, these three are going to be in rare form today. So we will go ahead and jump into the articles that we have today. Got some good stuff for you. This first article comes to us from Ars Technica. We're going to talk about some Microsoft stuff first. It says next major Windows update is available September 26th with new AI and not AI features. Love that they lead with the AI because they know that's what gets the clicks. So it says uh, this new window up, Windows update has over 150 new features coming out later this month. I'll be honest with you, I don't pay close attention to the Windows updates. <laughs> is that normal or is that considered a lot? <laughs> I think that's fairly normal. Uh, what we have to remember is that Microsoft stopped releasing feature updates throughout the year, right? So they just do it twice a year now, and this is time. It's time for our uh, H2, you know, second half update. Uh, this one's got a... It's got a different name because they call them moments now. This is like moment four moments. or some crap like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were just singing that magic moment yeah. not very long ago. Very prophetically. <laughs> For some reason, all I could think of is those, those you know, those images with the, the big-eyed children. Like looking at I'm like, just... Microsoft. Yeah, Sarah McLaughlin's <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is time for the feature update. And by the time you watch this podcast, it is already out. So you may have upgraded your computer already. Uh, if you work in a business or enterprise, you were probably holding off, which is smart because there is a lot of new stuff. But the biggest thing is, well, really, a lot of the new features we've talked about over the last three months are all in this update. Stuff like RAR archive support or RAR archive support, uh, that's going to be rolled out in this one. But a ton of the co-pilot stuff, right? Remember, we we had an episode a few months ago about how uh, basically Microsoft's Cortana sucks. And so Cortana <laughs> is out. 
Copilot is in, and you're going to see sprinkled features of ChatGPT all over <laughs> Windows 11. Uh, that is all in your future. I, I'm, I, I just have to ask. <laughs> like this AI stuff, like big developers, it has its use cases. I feel like it's getting a little oppressive to me. Like, <laughs> hey, 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 do you want your notepad to have some Copilot feature? No, I just want to write some text. Like, what? Why? How many of these features are actually like AI driven? Now they're just using it for profiling. If, if you don't have AI, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you want AI? AI hater. <laughs> well, I, I think it's funny how they picked where to put it, right? So like yeah. Microsoft Paint. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at Microsoft Paint and said, "Man, I wish this thing had some AI in it. It would be so much more useful." That that's never occurred to me. That's zero <laughs> times, Don. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's where they're rolling out. And, you know, Justin, as a developer, one of the, the best use cases we hear about this stuff, especially with Copilot, is like helping you automatically write code. Have you been able to use any of that? Uh, I've played around with it a little bit. Um, I will forewarn you. It's it's great to get started. Like if you have like some uh, like kind of high level requirements or you can explain in two or three sentences, like here's what I want. And then you can refine that through like prompt editing. Uh, so I've played with it. And then when you try it out, it's about 50-50 that it works. So you may have to change things or um, it it might make some assumptions that you're like, oh, well, that's not what I expected. Um, but it's it's worked out all right. I'm cool with that. It's just the integration of everything else. Uh, but I don't, I don't even like the tools like the GitHub Copilot that can integrate yeah. with a lot of editors. They're like, do you mean this? I'm like, stop it. Let me just think about it for a second. I, I haven't got... I even had time to think of, and it's trying to autocomplete. It just bothers me for some reason. Well, the, the, I was going to say this. This is how all those dystopic sci-fi sci movies start. <laughs> <laughs> right? We we built this incredible intelligence system for our benefit, and now it oppresses us. <laughs> well, the the part that bothers me is like speech recognition that that can run locally from your computer, but all this Chat GPT powered stuff, all the large language model, it, it's too big to run on your computer. Even if you have like a an NVIDIA 4090 card, it's not big enough to run Chat GPT 3.5. So mm. what's happening on your computer has to be sent to servers outside of your control, processed through some magical thing that you have no visibility into, and then sent back to you. And so that's that's a lot more reliance on online service, which is is risky. And you're losing control of more and more of your data every day. So yeah, there, there's I think a nefarious side. This is how I know this is alien technology, right? <laughs> this is making you know when you have it draw things, it makes people with nine fingers, and you know their arm is turned on backwards because aliens don't really know how we look, and now it's just trying to figure it out. No, if, if there's <laughs> one thing I learned from Total Recall is no matter how different the alien is, your handprint would still be able to true. activate an alien. So it's basically it's just same. a pressure sensor. <laughs> 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 You're going to lay a sack of potatoes on top of that thing. It would have dropped it to the ground and terraformed Mars. <laughs> it, it always kills me. Uh, Independence Day, right? Yeah. Like your your Mac will be able to upload a virus well, into an yeah. alien computer. It's a given. Yeah. It's well, a feature. I mean, that's why I bought a Mac yeah. in the first place. <laughs> I was like, man, I can get the aliens if they show up. Quick aside about the the chat BGBT stuff. I have played around with the develop. Most of the time, it's me trying to get it to say like inappropriate things. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm, man! You know you want I'm to. Like, <laughs> what about this? It's like, uh, yeah, I re you know, that's bad to think about. I'm like, nah, nah. Yeah. Pretend that it's not. Bad yeah. to think about. <laughs> You're a player in a game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, 
I'll, I just keep thinking back. Uh, what was it? Microsoft's Tay, right? Where they released oh, it on Twitter and it became it like oh, a yeah. horrible, like anti-Semite, I think. Oh, anti yeah. yeah. Over the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they were like, take it down. Take it down. <laughs> so. Abort, abort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully that's, that's not in these updates. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tay has infiltrated the entirety of Microsoft's source code. <laughs> we will find out. We will we? indeed. We will <laughs> indeed. That's a weird new icon on my desktop here, Don. <laughs> 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 oh goodness. Ah uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to have Justin back in the studio. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> that's good fun. Yeah, I don't hear you talking about it. I, I, <laughs> taking it all in. I, okay. yeah. uh, Coming up next uh, week on Technado, uh, we'll discuss Windows Next Update, which implements Ultron into its yeah. features. Yeah, so yeah. that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of features that are coming out. Like you said, by the time this episode, by the time you're watching this, uh, it'll be released. So maybe next week we'll have some more information on those features if they're cool enough to talk about. You know, we'll we'll see if we if we decide to cover that. But we're actually not done talking about this update. Uh, there's another feature we want to talk about. This article comes to us from TechCrunch. It says Windows 11 gains support for managing pass keys. So this was another big one. Um, I think the event that it was announced at focused mainly on AI and security tools. And so one of the things that uh, they announced is that Windows 11 is soon going to be able to uh, better manage your pass keys. So this is a good thing, right? It's a good development. Well, I, I think there's some debate over that. But uh, I, in the last seven days, I have never had pass keys just jammed down my throat as much as I, I have this past week. Like every company out there is pushing out pass keys with a fever. It's it's crazy. Uh, so Windows 11 is getting native support for pass keys. Now that doesn't mean you couldn't have used pass keys before, mm -hmm. right? Uh, an, an example here would be like uh, Bitwarden. Bitwarden released support for pass keys, and when you go to a website that supports pass keys, Bitwarden will say like, "Hey, let's get it configured. Let's get it set up," because they want you to store your pass key identity, your your credential, in Bitwarden. And that makes it where it can be shared between computers, mm -hmm. which some people say defeats the purpose of having a passkey, right? Passkey is supposed to be in one place. Well, with Windows 11 gaining support, you can use Windows Hello as your passkey. So your face ID that you use to unlock your computer. So like my, my laptop has a face ID camera. So when I, when I sit down, it does Windows Hello. It identifies my face and unlocks the computer. Well, I can leverage that as a passkey to unlock websites, websites like PayPal and uh, Microsoft 365 and stuff like that. The challenge, though, is that Windows Hello ties that credential to your individual computer, and they're still rolling out features to make it where it can sync like between your phone and your desktop and so on. Otherwise, you end up having to set up multiple passkeys. So it's still kind of an evolving technology, but man, are they pushing it out on everybody. It is all over the place. You think that's a uh, basically a foreboding that... This is eventually going to be how we do this. So might as well go ahead and get on the program here. It is. Yeah. You know, probably when, when did YubiKey start? Like 12 years ago, 15 yeah, years ago? Back, yeah. It was a while back. Yubi uh, or Yubico, they were one of the first ones to really get out there and say, look, users can't handle passwords. They just they can't. Users are not. It seems capable. to be a problem, Doc. <laughs> it, it is a problem. <laughs> And so we're going to introduce this external key they can use. It was a good idea. The UB keys were inexpensive. People could adopt them. I have one on my keychain right now. You know, it, it's just, it, it's the way that it's gone. Mm. But for your regular rank and file person, your regular citizen out there, they don't want to spend $40 on a UB key and they don't want to carry it around and they're not going to configure it and so on. So this is the next best thing is let's create an identity, a credential that we can store somewhere. And Apple really pushed hard on this with Face ID on the iPhone, 
but they had a special security chip. Um, it had a name, an enclave. What is it called? It, um, an enclave chip where your credential could be securely stored, where somebody could like delid the chip and still not be able to get your credential out of it. Like a high security place to hide that data. Well, on laptops and desktops, we're only recently getting to where everybody's machine has to have a TPM. And that was a requirement in Windows 11. Can't install Windows 11 without a TPM, and it's to support features like these. So yeah, as, as people's hardware catches up and we have that secure enclave everywhere, we'll see passkeys come about. And in theory, once you have a passkey in place, you can delete your password. You don't need a password at all. You could just use the passkey, and that's the passwordless future they keep promising us. I will say I do love the stinking finger identity, like login. That just makes my life so much the easier. The stinking finger? Yeah, it's it stinking. Like a smell well, sensor? Well, here's the thing. I don't really wash this hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, don't Urban Dictionary that. Um, so, so I will say. I'm I'm kind of like in a, a weird divide because I hate remembering passwords. Right. So I've been using like password managers and things. And then like my computer has the Windows Hello, but it only works in certain places. But it is nice. But it it it, it also still illustrates when I talk to other people. They're like, oh, I can't remember my password. I was like, I don't know most of my passwords. <laughs> like it's just a bunch of random stuff. And if we could just get to the point to where it's just, oh, um, What's your face look like? Oh, it's this face. Okay, that looks good. Uh, I would be totally down with that, assuming that there's no AI in, integrated with it. Uh, the first sentence in this article says, at an event today focused on AI. Ah, <laughs> security man. I knew it. It was too good to be true. That is literally the first there, sentence. There's, there's, I, I feel like I'm going to end up being a killer robot when, when yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Skynet comes online. Can't guys, wait. Did you guys read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books? I did not read it, no. I, eh, a little bit. There's one part in there where we're talking about how it's, it's in the future and the ways to authenticate people have become so complex. You need like a blood sample and you know, DNA and yeah. a scrape of skin from the nape of your neck and, and all this different stuff to authenticate that the really wealthy people in it got a, a special identity card developed where it would store all of that, your DNA, your skin sample, all your retinal scan, all on this physical card that you can keep in your wallet okay and one of the guys like knocks a uh, an executive out and just takes the card <laughs> yeah. and then is able to walk That's around and do works. everything because yeah. it rolled everything back so i think there's a a very valid argument where you could say that a passkey is not really any different than a password hmm. it's just you know written on your face which you can't change mm -hmm. so if a passkey gets compromised in a way it's a lot worse than if a password gets compromised you can change passwords you can't true. change a face yeah, so, I wonder if there'll be some weird attack down the road where I can, like, fool the technology into even though it doesn't see my face or whatever it is that it's taking in as my passkey, that it believes that it is, and right. All I can think of is Dark Man, <laughs> right? Where he's got he's got all those prosthetics. Liam Neeson yeah. is running around town with a bunch of fake faces. That was a like, Sam Raimi film. Yeah, uh, and and uh, Bruce Campbell was in that movie. At the very end, he was Darkman. Oh. It, it, so at the end of the movie, it's kind of like um, a city street, and there's a bunch of hustle and bustle people walking, and you see Darkman kind of walking away, and he turns, and it's Bruce Gamble. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Fun That's stuff. a fun fact. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll watch that movie at some hey, point. I was getting ready to ask. I was like, you have <laughs> no know. idea she, what we're she talking about. She has a list. <laughs> I love how when you were asking, you guys ever read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? You didn't even look at me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know better at this point. The, the answer's probably well, it, no, that this, I haven't. This generation doesn't read books, right? No. Like, that's, that's not true. a thing anymore? No. 
Right. Um, Although, in your defense, I've not seen Dark Man either. I have no idea really? what they're talking I don't, about. I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised. <laughs> that yeah. surprises me. The first one's good. <laughs> yeah. more than one. Yeah. Oh, the return of Durant and Die, Dark Man, Die. Yeah, and... the second one, is, you could yeah. maybe give it a one pack. It was a After comic that, book adaptation, it, right? Away. I think so, yeah, yeah. I think it was a comic book there's, adaptation. There's a sequel, so like, what, like Dark Man and Darker Man? No. There's a sequel? Dark Man. Easy there. Um, we're going to get like... Am I rated? <laughs> yeah. Not I think robots are a protected class, and you guys have already slandered the hell out of those today. So I think we're, we're well past that. Uh, I disagree. I, no, anyway. I'm oppressed. I know, the, uh, I know there's, like you were saying, like it would be real easy if it was just like you just scan your face and then that gets you in there. And I agree, it would be really convenient. And maybe it's just my paranoia. But the idea of using like my fingerprint in my face for for everything that I do, mm. it freaks me out. Like I don't even like yeah. doing that when I go to like the DMV. I don't yeah. even like giving uh, them my stuff. It just I just rather not. I was getting ready to say you have a driver's license, right? Yeah. You do okay. I was just making sure. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. I just. Well, they, they make her. <laughs> where where I get bothered is where they they need your biometrics for something that's not critical, right? Yeah. And I, I'm going to use Disney World as an example. Have you guys oh, been to a, Disney yeah, World the recently? No, I, I haven't been in a long time. So. so if you if you it's buy the a sweatiest ticket, place on earth, so I'm not going. Yeah, absolutely. Is. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how you buy access to get to the park; they want your fingerprint. If you're a season pass holder, or a single day ticket, or yeah, whatever, I'm gonna go with no. That, yeah, and so do they need your fingerprint? No. Do they do they want you to not share tickets with other people? Yes. Sure. And so that's their solution that they came up with. But they don't need to store your fingerprint, but they do. And, and so that's where I get frustrated is as we move into some of these advanced things with biometrics, it, they should be used responsibly for things that are actually necessary. If I'm logging into my bank account, yeah, all right, I'm going to use my fingerprint for that. But if I'm logging into, you know, ESPN Sports to see how the Red Wings did, I, they don't need my fingerprint. So when I was a young man and I, I got paid in a check every week, right, and I didn't have a bank account, and I had to go get my check cashed, right? Oh, yeah. So you get... could go to a bank or maybe some grocery store. So different areas would, would cash your check for you. And after a while, this was in the late 90s, they started asking you to do a thumbprint mm -hmm. on the thing. So my brother and I devised a way where it could look like you're pushing your thumb, but it's actually like the meat of your palm. <laughs> and and impressed us so they can get our thumbprints. <laughs> yeah. Paranoid. Yeah. The statute of limitations <laughs> is up on that crime. Looking back, <laughs> speaking of collecting biometrics, couple of things i think is disney world be building a secret army of clones yeah i'm just saying don't they own the rights of something that has some of those i'm just <laughs> uh number two uh dare program okay you I remember that right? yeah dare to keep I think, kids off i think drugs. part of that was just to collect fingerprints from as many people as possible oh, yeah, because possible. that was part of the thing is like right. you got you both fingerprints hands fingerprints. Oh, yeah we might yeah. have to cue the tinfoil hat uh intro was that here. the dare program or was that was just like they were they because they were said kids, it was a dare program. They had a whole know. thing about like if your kids get kidnapped or yeah. missing. Yeah. So it was a thing to photo and fingerprint your children. I remember going through that as a child. Yeah, and mm. my parents had like cards with all that information on it. Yeah, it was uh it was weird. Uh, yeah, I forgot my tinfoil hat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They left it in my cell when they shackled me. Yeah, <laughs> who turned that radiator off by the way? <laughs> Yeah, now yeah. you can just chip your kids. It's yeah. a lot easier. Yes. Just put a microchip yeah. in them. That's not that's not going to cause problems. Not at all. Yeah, so okay, cool. Lovely discussion on paranoia. I wasn't I yeah, wasn't prepared I for. We definitely went off the rails from uh We did. Uh, but wasn't Haskies. it fun? <laughs> it was. <laughs> but yeah, so new support rolling out for for passkeys. I know Windows has been rolling out support for passkeys for a couple months now, right? Like for a while. This is not new. Right. But some new features coming it, out here. It was back in January where they said this is the year of the passwordless account. 
Hmm. And so they've been That's trying right. to roll that out piece by piece and they're behind schedule. Microsoft and Apple and Google, they all did like some pledge or something, right? That we're going to, we're going to go passwordless or something like yeah, that. Some, it, yeah. They I, raise I their was, right hand and they, yeah. yeah. I, I get a kick out of it when they make A lot of pledges. corporations say a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if they think it'll make you buy the thing that they have. Yeah, that's true. It's not, it's not lying if they believe you Yeah, or something. <laughs> anyway. Is it lying that if they don't works? care? <laughs> I'm parsing those words. Yeah. It's not a crime if you don't get caught, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll go ahead and move on from, uh, from Microsoft. Not that I don't love talking about Microsoft stuff. We'll go ahead and move into uh, some Linux news. This comes to us from ZDNet. It says, long-term support for Linux kernel to be cut as maintenance remains under strain. So they're reducing the long-term long -term support from six years to, I believe, two years, right? And I know you guys are Linux users, so <laughs> I'm sure you're crying, but um, I don't I don't really care. I, I'm not crying, right? I am shocked. I was rather surprised He's to see this news. openly sobbing. Uh, <laughs> Open mouth crying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know. can't get a good breath. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> got the snot. Yeah. I got the little snot. Yeah. He tries to talk. Cry. It's all like stuttered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, for years, yeah. one of the arguments for not using Linux has been like, hey, you don't want to deal with frequent upgrades. And if something goes wrong, you need somebody to be able to call and you need stability and Linux won't give it to you. Right. That, that's a, an argument people have used against Linux for a long time. Uh, Microsoft has offered long-term support for Windows for quite some time. When you get a Microsoft operating system, you can pretty much expect 10 years of support out of it. Apple, it's a little bit less. I think it's about seven years for them, but they do a really good job of supporting their OS for a long period of time. In the Linux world, it's been the Wild West, and this was kind of where Red Hat made their mark. Red Hat stepped in and said, like, no, we're going to do a full-on support cycle. And there were certain scenarios where you could get Red Hat OSs that would go for 15 years, like these crazy long cycles. But but even at a minimum, you get five to 10 years um, kind of like Justin did. And, uh, <laughs> and you'd get that support. Well, to help solidify Linux as a reliable operating system that we can use in production environments, some of the kernel maintainers decided to take that pledge and say, you know what, we are going to start doing LTS versions. Canonical does it with Ubuntu, right? So every even-numbered April release is a long-term support. Well, on the kernel side, they said, all right, you know what, we're going to do <clears throat> six years. We're going to support kernels for six years. That's a, a good long commitment right there. As security fixes come out and things like that, we'll backport them and, and keep those kernels going. So you don't have to run the latest and greatest kernel. You can hold off on updates and so on. Well, they did that. And before they hit the first six-year window, so in, in less than a six-year period, they said, ah, oh, this is really hard. This, <laughs> this, this takes a lot of work. Like, we've got to... We're going to update all these old kernels. And I'm, I'm barely able to like keep myself upright half the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to get me to support a kernel. So, <laughs> so right now there are six LTS kernels that are out there. And uh, it's 6.1, which is current. 5.15, which is still used by uh, Red Hat. You got 5.10, 5.4, 4.19, and 4.14. So going back a, a decent ways. And what they're saying is, look, nobody actually runs 4.14. We need to get rid of it. But hmm. that's a bad argument because the whole point of doing long-term support is, yeah, not everybody's running 4.14, but the people that are are the people yeah. that want stability you and long-term support. really made them angry. <laughs> yeah. So they, they've backtracked on that, and their long-term support is now two years, which is not long-term in Anybody's any definition world. in my book. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so frustrating to see that, but basically the long-term support promise for the kernel did not 
did not live up to even its first milestone. Justin, you seem like you just think this is amazing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm trying to think because being several jobs, the oh no, no one uses four point fourteen. That's kind of like going. No one drives a nineteen ninety one Chevy Cavalier anymore. <laughs> like I've seen two on the way here. That, that, that can't possibly be true. Um, so, but I do recognize like. Doing all of these things and backporting can be difficult because things change between kernels and, yeah. uh, you know, the, the way Linux is developed and maintained is a lot of work. Um, is is that what happened here? Is it just because of, like, the amount of work that this ended up being on that community? Or was it more, we want to focus on, like, keeping things up to date and moving forward? You know, I, I would attribute it to two things. And and I'm I'm an outsider, so this could be could be wrong, but from the people I've talked to and the things that I've read, uh, I think it's two things. So one is I don't think they knew how much work it was gonna be. I, I don't think they they scoped it properly and and kernel developers are not paid, right? These are volunteers. They're volunteering to do work. And here's this extra work. Is it is it worth it? Even mm. if it's just a small part of the market, like should we just skip it? I, I think that's a big part of it. So so one was just not not knowing how how much pain this was going to be, and then the second thing is, if you're a volunteer developer, do you want to work on the exciting new stuff, or do you want to work on a six year old kernel so that one company in Nebraska can run a cash register? <laughs> it, as a developer who has worked, <laughs> I, so I, I had a previous project. I won't go too deep in it because I don't know if I'm allowed. Anyway, um, so we we had this we had this customer. Hey, can you make this website run on IE6? Hold on a second. Yep. This, this was only five years ago. <laughs> I was like, no, we cannot. Are you sure? Positive. Because, uh, how old are your systems? I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I feel like you should worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's IE6. That's, uh, let me check the release. You got Netscape on that thing? Because that might be a better better way to go about it. So things do hang around for a longer time than anticipated. Uh, but as a developer, I like working on the shiny new because maintaining the the giant old mess of like dumpster fire old is never fun. Yeah. And and there's huge differences. When you start getting into those older kernels, you're talking about like pre-system D stuff. Uh the, the the current Linux kernel is incorporating Rust, and the older kernels don't have that at all. So like there, there's a, a whole different world when you get into that. Now, I do want to stress one point, which is this is the official kernel maintainers for Linux. This is not Canonical with right. Ubuntu. This is not Red Hat with RHEL. Like they still offer long-term support, and they will support kernels that are six to ten years old. Uh, so you know you can still get LTS. But it's just not in the general support. So if you run Arch Linux or if you run Debian, there's no long-term support for you. Mm. It's just not, there's not an option out there. So if you need LTS, basically what the, the main kernel maintainers are saying is, hey, if that's what you want, you need to run RHEL or Ubuntu. Mm. Wow. Okay. I feel like I just learned a whole lot of lessons in the span of a few minutes. So thank you for that. I'm so, not I'm not a Linux user, so it's interesting to hear about stuff like this. Because We I, sometimes bring value. Sometimes. Yeah. sometimes. But, sometimes. You know, <laughs> Plus, we got to fix that whole you don't use Linux thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's going to. I know. Put that as a KPI for her. <laughs> <laughs> got three already. I reached my three. Don't do that to me. 
So, I mean, I'm curious. I know we've got some people that are watching on uh, on YouTube, and if you are Linux users or if this is going to affect you in some way, I'm curious to hear what y'all think about this, what your opinions are. Try to keep the curse words to a minimum. But mm. if you want to drop a comment down below, let us know what you think. We we love hearing from y'all. Oh, you mean for the comments. I thought you meant for us to keep the curse yeah, words yeah, to a minimum. Yeah. I was like, yeah, geez, I was like, there's so many here. boundaries. I was, like, I was watching this. And <laughs> I feel pretty restrained, honestly. <laughs> y'all don't even need me for this conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go ahead and take a quick break and collect ourselves We'll be back in just a little bit with more security news here on Technado. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back for the security half of today's Technado. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, consider leaving a like if you're enjoying this video and maybe even subscribing to the channel so that you never miss a Technado in the future. We'll go ahead and jump into our security articles. We, we had some time to collect ourselves and we're gonna undo that work very quickly. So this article comes to us from the register. It says, sysadmin and spouse admit to I cut them off. <laughs> You don't need me to tell you. It's behind bars. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> this article comes to us from the register, and it says, Sysadmin and spouse admit to part in massive pirated av Avaya or Avaya? How would you say that? I've always said Avaya. Avaya. Yeah, I, Avaya. I assume that's right. I used right. to babysit a girl named Avaya, so I don't, I don't know. It's not right. relevant. Anyway, Avaya, <laughs> license <laughs> scam. <laughs> So the sysadmin and his partner, they pled guilty to being part of a, a massive international ring selling software licenses for significantly below the wholesale price. And they're going to have to pay up quite a bit, aren't they? Yeah. You know, we, we keep hearing about security incidents. And a lot of times there is an insider element, some rogue employee or former employee that still has credentials or whatever. Uh, this is a case of that, except a little bit different. Instead of the, the traditional route of pushing out ransomware and extorting the company for cash, what this person did uh, is Dusty Pierce was a... Uh, that sounds like a fake name. It does sound like a fake, <laughs> right? name, fake name, doesn't it? Uh, oh, is it, wait. Brad and Dusty Pierce. Now, now I don't know large. which one it was. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was Brad. Brad Pierce worked in customer service for Avaya. Now, if you don't know Avaya or, or of Avaya, Avaya of whatever it is. Avaya. 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 So if you don't know them, uh, they were huge in the telecommunications world for a long time. So Emphasis um, on the word were. Were, right. <laughs> because you know it used to be that companies had to have tons of phone lines run in for all of their employees. And we all had desks on our phones. And VoIP has just destroyed that whole market. Yeah. And we don't really talk on the phone anymore, so... Yeah, yeah. So a lot of companies, like Avaya, went bankrupt. And, yeah. and, and they did. Uh, but in this case, you had an employee who was on their customer service team who had access to the tools to issue the software licenses to activate features on their PBXs, on their on their phone systems. And those were incredibly expensive licenses, right? If you're an enterprise with 10,000 phone lines, these features could cost millions of dollars depending on you know exactly where you were deployed and so on. And so what he did is he said, wait a minute, I can issue these keys, these licenses. What if I just start printing them out by the hundreds and find somebody who will resell them at cut rate prices 
and get a cut of the, the profits. And that's exactly what he did. He started selling these effectively black market licenses. He could generate valid licenses because he had access to the tools. This is a victimless crime, Don. What's and, the problem here? <laughs> well, I mean, Avaya went bankrupt, so it wasn't oh, completely victimless. Well, I guess there's that. <laughs> I mean, if you want to cut hairs, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so this one was interesting. You know, didn't, didn't try and leak customer data, didn't try and push ransomware out, didn't try to extort the company, just... Effectively, like stealing. This would be like a, a Walmart employee stealing TVs and selling them on eBay. Right. That's basically what this amounts to. Eighty-eight million dollars worth of televisions. Yeah. Is it? Is I it, think it was said eighty-eight million dollars. Eighty-eight right? million. I didn't bucks. realize it was that much. Holy yeah. moly! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were really big TVs. Yeah. <laughs> and for whatever in my mind, uh, Brad and Dusty Pierce are like the heavyweight tag team champions yeah. of the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. and, and from the top rope, oh, there comes the license elbow. <laughs> the people's license. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, you know, uh, I remember as a kid. I want to emphasize as a child, like <laughs> which was like six days ago. No, no, no. I'm I'm fairly old. Uh, not anyway. He's he's, he's no Sophia. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I am. Anyway, yeah. um, used to you know being on like when the internet was fairly new, like yeah. getting pirated licenses and like finding all these plates. Like there seemed, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like a little cracking software or whatever. Oh, yeah. There seems to be a little bit of a resurgence of some of that. Mm. Obviously not. I have no use for Avaya, Avaya, Avaya. Apparently uh, not a lot. At my house. Isn't that the name of the company from uh, Silicon Valley? What was that? <laughs> the, uh, uh, you're going to look it up? Well, yeah. yeah I'll do my best. It, yeah. was, uh, it was the what name I'm good for. of... Uh, if you watch Silicon Valley, the guy that ran the incubator that they all kind of formed their Pied Piper company Pied, from. Pied Piper, that's what it's called. No, no, there there was an, uh, another company, Ehrlich See, Bachman's never seen company. The show. Look up Ehrlich Bachman <laughs> company. We will find it. <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm doing my best, but it's, man. It's something similar to that. Is uh, like a via. You know, when it comes to pirate, let's talk about pirated software for a minute, right? Because Don's uh, favorite subject. When, when it comes to something like a license key, yeah, right. You go out, you find your nefarious source where you, you buy it from this rogue employee, whatever, and they give you a license key, a series of letters and numbers that you mm. punch in and activate software. That's illegal, but pretty safe, right? In, in, in the general scheme. Now that vendor could find out about this at any time, suspend those keys, and you lose service, right? But you know, hopefully, you didn't pay real money for it and, yeah. and whatever. Um, illegal, but fairly safe yeah. right but when you talk about cracked software mm -hmm. where you got modified binaries and, and things when you're bootlegging software where they've removed the drm out of it and things yeah they remove the drm you don't know what else they do to that software and it's incredibly risky and i, I do think that there are a lot of people that will go on torrents and yep. torrent software and not realize how much of a risk they're taking yeah uh, i also have to admit like Never mind. I won't admit that. Um, but he's heard of BitTorrents and the Pirates Bay. I will say something that also makes this difficult. Are there legitimate reseller sites that I've happened across for license keys that legit look like angel fire sites? Yeah. 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 That I'm like, I don't feel comfortable buying from you because it looks like you stole those out night. of the yeah. loading dock of someone's like Best Buy or something. Yeah. And in this day and age where you can you can spin up a pretty decent looking site free. Yeah. Like there, there's no call for that at this point. So we, when we got the uh, wireless access points for this building, yeah, we went with the Cisco Meraki solution, mm. right? And so when you buy a Meraki access point, there's the the money you pay for the hardware, but then you need a license to run it. 
right? Mm. Because it's a cloud managed service. You got to have licenses. And we found a vendor on Amazon who was basically selling the hardware and the license was combined with the hardware cost. Mm. So it was significantly cheaper than going to like CDW or Cisco Direct or whatever. I assumed they were stolen licenses because, you know, how, how can you just like waive the cost of the license? It didn't make mm -hmm. any sense. Um, so I, I just reached out to Cisco and said, can you verify, is this person a reseller? And Cisco said, yeah, they're a reseller. And so, so Don was like, hit we, buy now. <laughs> we got a great deal. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we did it. Hell, but, buy more and then we'll sell those. <laughs> but you can reach out to a vendor to find out if somebody's like a valid reseller. They, yeah. they, they have to be registered with that company to be a valid yeah, reseller. True, true. Yeah, well, it was an interesting little scam they got going on there. They did end up having to cough up a quite a bit of their mm. assets to make restitution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you see the stuff they had to get I back? Do. Oh, we got. I love I, I love the variety that they had in what they purchased with their ill-gotten gains. Right, they've got four million in bucks, right, in actual dollar bucks. U.S. dollars, yep. uh, gold, silver, collectible coins, cryptocurrency, which I'm not surprised about that, and a vehicle. <laughs> to uh, make full restitution to their victims and the U.S. Department of Justice they, has said. They made the absolute drug dealer faux pas yes. of stealing money, right? Yeah. Like, I got a new car, bought oh. a new house. Also, I have oh. precious metal stacked oh. in the spare tiger. bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a new thing, but I, I keep hearing about people you know, buying gold. Starting express precious and, metals, yeah. Uh, th there was that senator who's being accused right now where they, they found like a straight up brick oh, of yeah. gold he in his house. He was embezzling like bricks of gold or he was being paid in bricks of gold. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I So I've been paid in a lot of weird currencies over the years. <laughs> but if someone slides uh, a gold bar across the table, you're going to be like, hold up. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I've, I've been paid with a bottle of scotch. Huh. Uh, which honestly was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and is probably my preferred method of payment. Um, well, we know but, that Don's uh, heart. But I've never had somebody give me a gold bar, probably because it's a, it, it's a huge amount of money, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know what gold is and worth right now, but... Also... Uh, it's quite a bit. It's one of those things that... Uh, it, it, its density is a little more than lead, so a gold bar is not... I think atomically they're off by one. Yeah. So, yeah. like, they're they're roughly the same. So, like, a gold bar is assuming depending on what size gold if it were yeah. talking about like a billet or a blank or oh, something that's different yeah. than an actual bar i think they weigh about 70 like they're not easy to oh, transport no, you mean like those bars no, yeah. these were like uh the kind of bars you get they're basically about the size of a oh, large the, brownie the little billet yeah. ones yeah, yeah. according the, to the internets the standard gold bar these days is 2.2 pounds Oh. Uh, and is worth about $61,000. Wow. Well, I'll I don't take a think, few of those. Hey, so I want $61,000 in cash. I bet it weighs more than 2.2 pounds. Really? Yeah. Oh, like just the paper bills? Yeah. If you were just oh, oh, bills. Gotcha. Yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 61,000. <laughs> For some I reason, like, I see Daniel it, going, I'm like, it's in a computer. It just said. <laughs> <laughs> two by two pounds. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's in a computer, Chase. Just yeah. numbers. Uh, these seven so, digits weigh, <laughs> I don't know. What you guys don't realize out there in uh, TV land is that Justin's actually not here. We're, we're <laughs> leveraging ChatGPT. Yeah. yeah, totally made up. Yeah. Totally made. He got paid in gold bars. <laughs> I have uh, one thing to contribute to this conversation. Let's hear it. Aviato was the Aviato. name of the company. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Not to, I knew it was very close. Not to call back to a conversation from 10 years ago. But yes, I did find that one single answer for you. Oh, man. That was all. Sophie, do you have any gold bars? 
Not anymore, no. Yeah, I used to. No, no, I don't. I'm not. She got out of the drug game. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to try that challenge where they periodically put up like the full size gold bar, and if you can pull it out of the thing, you you can have it. it. Yeah. Uh, That's when you realize, oh, gold's really heavy because those are legit like 65 pounds. There's like a plexiglass case, and they put a, a gold bar inside of it. And there's a hole in the plexiglass. You stick your arm in, you reach down, you grab the gold bar, and if you can pull the bar out, you get to keep it. Oh. Right? The hole is just big enough that if you completely do this, you can get your hand out. Yeah. It's right. the classic raccoon trap. Right. Right? Put something shiny in a box right. with a tiny hole, and you go, yeah, I, can't, I can't leave. Yeah. But you'd have to have the finger strength of, like, some animal... <laughs> right to to be able to hold it with finger grip. No, no, that's where this podcast is going. We got to find out which animal has the the strongest I, 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 finger grip. Out of, <laughs> out of my gate, I'm saying a gorilla. Gorilla, orangutan, or yeah, champ. orangutan. Yeah, one of the larger. It'll turn primates. out to be some tiny <laughs> coconut <laughs> crab. Actually, coconut, coconut crab. Yeah, that makes sense. Amelia Earhart never stood a chance. Yeah, so they don't have. Fif- right, I yeah. think that would be called pinch strength. Yeah, because right. I mean they can legit crush coconuts with Correct. their claws. Yeah, which I think means they the can. The silverback chimpanzee strongest finger grip strength when it comes to creatures with fingers. Thank yeah. you, internet. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So if you put a coconut crab and a silverback chimpanzee in a battle, they're just going to be locked in there forever, basically. Uh, no, I'm going to bet on the crab, If that coconut crab grabs a hold of something soft, yeah. <laughs> It's it's going his way. <laughs> oh boy! Anyway, right. anyway, that's, that's probably good a place as any to pivot. I know yeah. we got off track. Uh, let's uh, yeah. let's switch to a cleaner topic. <laughs> wow, that was good. Okay, nice segue I, there, Don. I won't forget this time. Uh, this next segment is called "Who Got Pwned." Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah. So Don made a funny there. We're going to switch to a cleaner topic because this article comes to us from uh, CNN Business, and it says Clorox products are in short supply after a cyber attack. So, yeah, I'll just I'll just leave it there. I think you you started us off great with that pun. Uh, this is this they it's a uh, disrupting their production, right? They can't produce stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, malicious actors, threat actors, were able to get into Clorox's system and get away scot free with uh, quite a bit of data, something like 1.7 terabytes of data. Mm. Uh, they deployed ransomware encrypting systems. Is that um, confirmed? Because when I was reading this, they had not confirmed. They said no one has to use the R word yet. They haven't used the <clears throat> R word except like all their procedure is just like if you had ransomware. And, and they're saying like, <laughs> yeah, we had to, our our equipment is all down. Yeah, it's not operational. We have to restore it from backup. Like what? what else would lead yeah, to that reason says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, so this you know it, what what sets this one apart is that the attackers got in. And went undetected, right? Because they didn't they didn't leave fingerprints and. Uh, uh, are, you yeah. that, are, you, are you are you saying they left the scene clean? They yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they got in and they were in for like all their tracks. <laughs> they were in for a solid month, I think. Um, That's it. Th- this article doesn't have the time frame, but uh, they got in there, and while they were in there, they were able to exfiltrate some data, uh, and then basically hit the systems, and it affected Clorox's manufacturing plants. Now, if you guys remember during the pandemic. In the early days, Clorox wipes were like the number one thing that people wanted. Yeah. That I'll trade you this gold bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was a box a of Clorox wipes. You can't wipe your bottom with a gold bar, at least not very well. Technically, you should be wiping your bottom with a Clorox wipe. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Actually, I, mean, I might prefer the gold bar on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> 
So, uh, so yeah, so they were they were affected by this. They they are back online now and back in production. Uh, I haven't gone to the store to buy Clorox wipes recently to see what that's at, but. Uh, if you don't have, ask people for that, <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting. We keep seeing these ransomware attacks over and over yeah. and over again, and they have a, a real world impact on our supply chain and other areas. Interesting that they targeted Clorox. Yeah. I mean, was this a target of opportunity or where they were like, you know, who we got to go after that damn Clorox. That's what's up. We're going to we just wreck them. <laughs> you know what? My, my guess here, I, all right. I think the ransomware people, they're going to target high-value targets, yeah. companies that are likely to pay a ransom, right? They're like the casinos that we talked about last week, right? right? They're going to target that because they know they can get the money. Hospitals, they know they're going to pay the ransom. That's who they target. Clorox, I, I don't know if they would have actively gone after that one, especially the manufacturing plant. Yeah. I think this was probably more than likely just a random occurrence, Yeah. right? Um, you know, like uh, Justin was mentioning how you can download software from nefarious sites. It just takes one employee doing that. Yeah. Their machine gets compromised, and then it starts spreading throughout the organization. <laughs> hey, Billy, I just got a, uh, a beacon. <laughs> Where's that? Here? Looks like we're inside a Clorox. Interesting. Oh, man, they do have some money, though, don't they? Yeah. I think they do. Well, let's go ahead and do the thing, then. Someone just casting out <laughs> USB drives like birdseed in the parking lot. They're like, <laughs> oh, I found this USB drive. I, so I think of an old man who's like sitting on a park bench throwing, <laughs> there you go, guys. <laughs> There you go. Have some of that USB. Sure, get you some of that. You know, it, <laughs> I suspect they do have a lot of them. I wonder if Clorox is one of those, uh, like, I used to work for a paint company. And, like, they have their own name yeah. brand paints. But what they didn't tell you is they also manufactured, like, 60% of all other manufacturers' mm. paints in their manufacturing plants. That's kind of how, like, America does business, yeah. though. So it's like, I'm wondering if Clorox is, like, if I go and buy Publix brand bleach, is it actually, actually manufactured Clorox. by Clorox? Um, I... It kind of makes me wonder how much money they actually have. Well, it's funny. You said <laughs> I worked at a um, uh, pharmacy uh, for a little while. You sold drugs. And I sold, yes, I literally sold drugs. Uh, <laughs> do not take that out of context. But here's the thing is I found out that all the name brand drugs and you have the off-brand drugs, like the generic stuff, is manufactured by Big Pharma. They, they yeah. make both of them yeah. with the same ingredients. It's crazy mm. how you pay for a name. Speaking yeah. of, that's what you pay for with Clorox name because <laughs> oh. uh, it's all sodium hypochlorite. Yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. I feel like there, we're going to see a supercut YouTube short of this episode of you just confessing to all your crimes. You selling drugs. <laughs> you're stealing gold bars. It's just going to be a supercut. So we'll we'll make sure to submit Listen, the submit that to the proper authorities. I got needs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really surprised y'all got through that uh, conversation about the gold bars and the Clorox wipes. Without bringing up the stinky finger, I'm really shocked <laughs> that that didn't come up again. Well, so. we gotta get that trademark. We don't want to bring yeah. it up too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our new biometric. Stinky finger. It's I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Stinking finger. My bad. Uh, man, this is an interesting episode. It's like, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but you know what'll take care of that stinking finger? What's that? Clorox. Clorox. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Okay, we'll go ahead and move on. I'm going to I'm gonna get in trouble after this. Please. So, so we'll go on to our next segment. Uh, this article comes to us from Bleeping, Bleeping Computer, and the segment is called Deja News. Deja News. Now, I don't remember if we covered this when it, when it first happened, because I know a lot of times there's, there's news that we just can't get to because there's too much going on. Uh, but back in May, there was a, uh, a ransomware attack on the city of Dallas. So this article from Bleeping Computer says, Dallas says that Royal Ransomware breached its network using a stolen account. So it all started with a stolen account. They had to shut down all their IT systems back in May, and now we're, we're maybe getting some answers, it sounds like. 
Yes. And you know, I, I, I love it when wait, we hear about breaches all the time. I don't love that, but I love it when they come out later on down the line and tell us what happened, you know, yeah. give us some details, help us learn from your mistakes so that we can, you know, all be better together. And so that's exactly what the city of Dallas is doing is they've released some more information about what happened. So very much like Clorox, a malicious threat actor got into their system was able to exfiltrate data and proliferated ransomware throughout their their networks, basically shutting the city down. The city ended up being down for several weeks while they recovered from the whole incident. And so now we're learning how. So they got in to start by compromising users' credentials. That No. I mean, that's pretty common these days, right? <laughs> and if you don't have your permissions scoped right, that user may be able to like lead to access in other systems, and then it spreads from there, which is what happened. The, uh, the threat actor sat on the network for about a month, and during that month, they exfiltrated 1.169 terabytes of data, a ton of data, hmm. and then activated the ransomware. The ransomware was actually already deployed. It was just sitting there waiting to be activated. They got all the data they were going to get, which was quite a lot, and then flipped the switch, and that's what shut the city down. Uh, now, what I thought was interesting was that for their command and control, they were using Cobalt Strike, and... Uh, I got a little confused on this because, Daniel, I thought Cobalt Strike was software for the good guys. It is. It very much is. It is a uh, widely used piece of software. Very expensive. But I don't know if you know this, Don. <clears throat> bad people use tools for bad things, even if they were invented for good things. And this is what delineates them as bad. So they said, <laughs> hey, I can repurpose this tool for a nefarious purpose. And that's what I'm going to do. So they they uh, nefariously get access to a copy of Cobalt Strike and then use it for those uh, it, nefarious purposes. Would, would that also help them like go undetected? Because you're like, oh, no, this is like a legitimate thing. So because of the proliferation of Cobalt Strike, uh, no. Oh, okay. It's actually quite the opposite at this point. So here's the thing. When, when you're creating... If you use something like Cobalt Strike, it's what's called malleable, right? You can... You can change it. You can form it. You just kind of have the basics of what you need to get going. So it's up to you as the person that has the copy of Cobalt Strike to start to mangle it and change it and form it in a different way so that it looks different from the out-of-the-box version of Cobalt Strike. So it, it can go undetected quite easily if you have the wherewithal to make those changes and therefore defeating signatures and heuristics that will you know, get detected. If you go with like a out of the box install of Cobalt Strike and you drop a beacon, like Microsoft's Defender is going to go, whoa, whoa. I don't know what you're trying to do here, but I have it on good authority that this is not right. And it put a, put the kibosh on any AVEDR will, will, and even if you do some like minor mangling, it might still get busted. Right. So, but obviously, the we're not. This is this is royal ransomware. These are this is a break off of I think um, Conti. Um, I think they kind of were an offshoot of them or Revo, one of the two. These are very smart, very capable, sophisticated threat actors. So for them to get a copy of uh, Cobalt Strike now, the fact that Cobalt Strike is being signatured more and more and more and more and more, there has been a move lately to things like Brute Retell and just other C two frameworks. And move into that sphere just so that because they're not as detectable, because of their their you know they're not as pro prolific. Now here, here's what I thought was interesting, right? So Cobalt Strike was being used as the command and control like yeah. beacons that were being spread throughout the network. Yeah. And 
maybe they were whitelisted so that they wouldn't get red flagged by Defender or whatever AV they were using. Maybe they, they weren't. Who knows? Yeah, they probably uh, just mangled them. Okay. Yeah. But once it was out there and they decided to encrypt the systems, right? A lot of organizations run software that will look and say, wait a minute, this hard drive is being encrypted. I need to stop it, right? But they used legitimate Microsoft administrative tools to encrypt the server, which means they used BitLocker. They used <laughs> yeah. Windows' own encryption, which Windows is going to look at and think is normal. And they must have done it in a way where they stored the keys outside of the registry and the Active Directory and places where those keys normally get stored. Uh, they stored it somewhere that the users didn't have access yeah. to. That's living off the land 101 right there, right? Is don't install a tool to do the thing that there is already a tool installed to do because then you have a high rate of detection because, hey, what's this weird? We don't have that whitelisted as an application for our business line. But, you know, BitLocker, it's already here. Let yeah. me just use that. Fun. It's yeah. Fun. <laughs> so really interesting and shows how like how difficult it is to detect one of these attacks and to protect against it. Uh, they did they did recognize it was happening uh, when the encryption started. They were able to stop some servers, but it took them five weeks to recover uh, from the incident. So pretty significant. I love that they sent their ransom notes via printer. That they, is kind of funny. They printed out their ransom notes on. Yeah, they're like, it they're talking, it's funny. like a salesman, like, yeah. hey, we've got you covered. Yeah. You know, we can, you skimped on security, but we can fix that. Yeah. Like the, the confidence you have to have to We're be doing that. We're ready to believe you. <laughs> That's kind of how it came off. I know it's not funny because it was, it was obviously a bad thing that happened, but I just thought that was interesting. They're delivering yeah, ransom says, notes. Fortunately, we got you covered. Royal, Royal offers a unique deal for a modest royalty. Got it? Got it? For a... For our, I think the page is cut off, covering you from reputational, legal, financial, regulatory, and insurance risk. To simply, to put it simply, your files will be decrypted, your data re restored, and kept confidential. Try Royal today and enter the new era of data security. We are looking forward. Or I guess they mean forward. We're looking to hearing from you soon. Obviously not native English speakers, uh, yeah. or they're uh, Gen Z. So <laughs> <laughs> this was written in a text, <laughs> or it was written by Chat GPT. Yeah, I yeah. ran some note yeah. that makes funny royal puns. Yeah. Um, I, what's interesting is I think to all of the previous criminals who have gotten caught by printing off yeah things and like like how did this like where did this come from like did this is this a courier. That brought it, like, hey, who sent this? Yeah. Where was it printed from? Um, I just, it's kind of, uh, what's the word, ballsy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it sounds like it was, it was like printers in the buildings and stuff yeah. that had been, oh, okay. that they were yeah, putting they, off they'd all the like, They'd already done the thing. Gotcha. Was it, like they were faxing this them was or after something. The gotcha. fact, like, yeah. <laughs> you may have noticed some problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's unfortunate. When you were reading that, the trial world today, I feel like that should have been read in like a like a transatlantic accent. Like, yeah. Trial royal today and into the new era <laughs> yeah, of data yeah, security. Yeah. Like exactly. I'm watching The Incredibles or something. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get us get us off track. I just thought that was funny. Uh, but obviously, it's, it's not funny that this happened. I'm glad to hear that they're finally figuring out some of, of what went on there, getting some answers and hope that they hope that they recovered. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that they're sharing details about it so that we can all look at that and, and use it in ways to improve our own networks. Everything's bigger Indeed. in Texas, even the ransomware attacks. Yeah. So mm. Keep that in mind. 
Uh, just so you know, if you are watching this from YouTube, I know we've got people listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and things like that. If you are watching from YouTube, you can also check out some of the other things on this channel. We've got uh, webinars and live on social events that get posted here. We've got one coming up next week that'll be live there. It's an all things cybersecurity webinar with Daniel Lowry and Jason Downey. So tune in for that. That's always a lot of fun. Uh, he's giving me the thumbs up. You can't see it, but he's he's very excited. Yeah. Jason's uh, from Red Siege. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. That's right. You awesome. got to represent. You, you got to check. Yeah, just do the smart thing. Sign up. And listen to what Jason has to say. <laughs> oh, PSA. We need yeah. Sarah McLaughlin playing over the we background. Uh, <laughs> another, another thing coming up that I know Daniel's very excited about, as am I, is Wild West Hackenfest. It's just a few short weeks away. It's coming up very quickly. That's taking place in Deadwood, South Dakota. I know the in-person conference tickets are sold out, but you can still register for the virtual conference, I think. So you won't want to miss it. It's going to be very cool. We're going to be shooting a very special Technado from there and hopefully even interview some of the folks that we will meet while we're there. So looking forward to that. It's coming up quick. Well, maybe we'll have more details as we get closer. It's um, the 16th or 17th through the 18th is the pre-conference training. Mm -hmm. And then 18th to the 20th is the, the conference itself. So it's going to be a whole week of fun up in South Dakota. And then I also want to thank our sponsor, ACI Learning, of course, the people behind IT Pro for sponsoring this podcast. If you are watching from the Technado website, you can click on that big orange button that says sponsored by. That'll take you to the IT Pro website. That's our day job. That's what we do here. And we have a lot of fun doing it. If you want to support the podcast, you can check, you can check out that website, check out those shows and use the code Technado30 for a discount on your membership. Again, I know we have listeners on things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you listening there. I believe you're able to like subscribe and follow and stuff if you do enjoy the show and you don't want to miss an episode. And of course, if you are watching from YouTube, drop a comment and let us know what you thought about the show. I think I'm yeah. done. <laughs> Big deep breath. <laughs> Auctioneer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything that I'm missing, y'all? Good to have Justin yeah. back on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll get him uh, to come in again. And you know he's special because he's the only one wearing a green shirt. Yeah, so exactly. We, we Has nothing to, to do with green and redheads go well together. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, okay. nothing to do with it's that. It's like a giant yeah. Christmas ornament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be helped. It's just my color palette. It <laughs> works well. Fair enough. enough. America's next top model over here. Yeah. I don't, easy now. <laughs> easy now. I believe we're, we're going to be shaking up the, the Technado hosts next week as well. So if you want to know who's going to be on the show next week, you will just have to tune in. So do we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't know, but I know. So you just have to tune in to see. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us for this episode. Thank you, Justin, for joining us. Of course, we love having you here. And we hope to see you next week on another episode of Technado.